0: This episode of a Quick Time Out Podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Alabama, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Time Out Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Once a welcome to the podcast, head coach for the Maryville College men's basketball team, Coach Royal Placeras. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you having me on. Coach Placeras just finished his fourth season as the head coach there at Maryville. And this is his 12th season overall at the school, which, by the way, is a division three institution in the newly formed Collegiate Conference of the South. Coach is also coming off back-to-back-to-back to back to back regular season titles and conference tournament championships. So off to a hot start there as the head coach at Maryville. Coach, you guys are top 10 all-time in Division three wins. Did you feel any pressure when you were hired as the head coach?
1: Well, you know, I, I
0: replaced my coach, you know, the
1: person who gave me an opportunity to join his staff and um, who, who obviously pushed for me to be the head coach here. After he retired and, you know, obviously there's great pressure in replacing a Tennessee, Tennessee State Hall of Famer, a guy who won over 700 games. who has been to the tournament, you know, 20 times, you know, just a lot of success um, and is, you know, close to 40 year tenure here at the institution. So one thing that he taught me as a player and he allowed me to be is always be myself. And and that's what I did when I did take the job. I've been myself. I, I was a player here in this program. And, uh, you know, I've continued to be myself now as a head coach.
0: I'll ask you this first. Then we can kind of like dig in into things from there and sort of break things down. For someone sitting in the stands on any given night, what are they going to see from your team that reflects the culture that you all have there at Maryville? Man,
1: I think it first starts with preparation. I think we're as well prepared um, as any team on the floor on every on any given night. You're going to see a team that plays together, that shares the basketball, um, that plays extremely up-tempo, but that values the other end of the floor and getting stops. You know, we're going to be predominantly a man-to-man team that, that will change the pace of the game with our one-three-one zone or our, our 3-2 zone um, when we have 8 to 12-point leads. Um, and we'll see a team that's, you know, very authentic and genuine towards one another in regards to pulling for one another, staying connected during timeouts, staying connected throughout the game, you know, a family environment. We all preach it. You know, I know we all, that's what we try to search for in creating our programs. And, um, but that's what you'll see a, a, just a tough sharing, the basketball up-tempo fun loving group is what, you know, I think most teams see from our guys.
0: I'm sure that comes from a, a really clear vision and goals that you established. It's one thing though, to have a vision and goals. And it's another thing to have created a system that aligns and supports people in actually achieving those goals and that vision. How have you done that with your program? I been mean,
1: I've been around basketball now. I was privileged enough to, to be a high school head coach at the age of 23. I started really young, you know, and I look back at those times and, you know, and I compare it to what I'm doing now. And I'm like, man, I've come a long way, but that's the wisdom. You know, that's the experience of, of being in coaching now for close to 17 years. I keep it really simple. I, I, I've i stayed away now as I've gotten into college of, of just, you know, being so goal-oriented and just having standards in place. We have three really simple standards that we go by, and we go about it not just for our team, but in the recruiting process as well. First and foremost, non-negotiable. You got to be a great teammate. I know it, it sounds very cliche-ish, but it's not. If you can't be a great teammate, you can't play for us. Um, the second one is, you know, having a competitive spirit in, in everything that we do, whether it's the weight room, whether it's practice, whether it's the film room, whether we're playing dodge bar, kick bar, doing an activity together as a team, you gotta be competitive. Um, you gotta be competitive in every drill that we have during practice. And then the final piece, those two are non-negotiables, right? The final piece is the production part. of it. When your opportunity is presented, you know, can you produce? And that's that's the tears. The first two, you must you must complete those tasks. And by doing those things, it puts you in a position that once the opportunity. I I do give that opportunity that hopefully you're you're prepared for that moment. So that's kind of how our culture works. It it starts from there. You know, simple little things that as everybody stands up when you come off the floor to everybody's in a circle and locked in on a timeout. So we run and, you know, we run off the floor after a win or, or a loss. We run off the floor after halftime. You know, those are very consistent things within our program. How we prepare, how we're all on the floor when the 60-minute mark is not 60 with 0-1 or 59-58. It's you're, everybody's on the floor and we're ready to stretch. And, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged to, to, to work with my teammate. You know, we were both teammates. Coach McCord was my assistant who handles a lot of that stuff. And, you know, we both did it as players here within the program and we've carried that kind of, you know, just standard of how you go about things. But, uh, yeah, those are our three things that, that we definitely stay by and we live by every single day.
0: When you have a new player that comes into that, are you at the point now where a lot of that is done by the players or is it still something that, that you kind of handle? And then how do you go about doing that? Yeah, you know,
1: we touch on it in our introductory you know uh, meeting as a team when everybody gets on campus and, and we touch on the things that obviously you know you need to follow as a player here but we talk about that in the recruiting process too so it's not a surprise once you get to campus right but yeah it, it's uh in order to have a good culture um you know uh, be consistent in winning w- within the program like we've been for such a long time it's a it's the players are the ones who 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 basically maintain that And from year to year, you know, we've had some really good players, but that have also taken to heart that part of their responsibility. Right. Leaving this place better than they found it. Right. And and I think our guys take that to heart and they really push it to to the new guys that are coming in. So hopefully they can continue to take this place to to a better place. And, And that's what our guys do.
0: I'm attempting to educate people a little bit through this podcast, especially with my division three coaches that I'm having on here. And those that aren't familiar with D three may not understand all of this, but we're not really allowed. There's a new rule coming next year that changes this a little bit, but we're not really allowed to be with them court wise before October, but there are leadership sessions that can be used prior to that. How do you use those to prepare to teach the culture part of it like we've been talking about but also to prepare them for the basketball that's coming
1: you know we have a great luxury here we have our own strength coach right and I know a lot of programs at our level are not fortunate enough to have that so that that gives us a leg up and it gets it helps myself and my assistant in regards to the development of the physical piece of of the development of a player right so in the preseason we're going Sunday Monday Wednesday Thursday I'm a big believer And giving them a little bit of time off in the preseason where they have Friday and Saturday. I have everybody come back Sunday night because that makes, that guarantees that everyone is here for their workout, but it also guarantees that everyone's gonna be in class on Monday. And then the element of Tuesday, um, since, you know, I took over as a head coach for four years now, Tuesday is kind of our, you know, it's our mental health day. Um, We have mental health coaches that come in. We we, we partnered with the University of Tennessee with that um, this past year. So that's been a piece that's really helped us. But we also have, you know, Fellowship Christian, you know, FCA comes in and speaks to our guys. I also have on that Tuesday alums that have gone through the process who are having really good success in the real world. And they come back and they speak to our guys. So it's kind of, you know, Sunday, Monday piece is, you know, we're working. We're trying to get stronger. We're trying to get better. Tuesday is, you know, building up the mind, you know, building up the the big picture of, of why you're here then back to work Wednesday, Thursday, and then you have some time for yourself. But in between that, you know, our guys are partnered up with with another teammate and they're going through workouts that we have put together that obviously are things that we're going to be doing once we start October 15th, right? So we're just getting them ready, creating that structure in place um, so that when October fifteenth comes, they're a little bit better prepared um, for that journey because it's not easy. It's not high school, you know, uh, we're going six out of the seven days, and the only reason, you know, we, we got to give them a day off because of the NCA requires you to do that. But, you know, it's taxing. You know, we're talking two, two-and-a-half-hour practices, weights coming in and getting some extra shots done, film room, um, coming in and talking to coaches. You know, it becomes, becomes a job. And uh, the more structure we put in place for our guys, I think the more success that they'll see.
0: A quick timeout is presented by Huddle, market leader in video-based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advancements to their suites of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know, like SportsCode, are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus, an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into SportsCode right out of the box. It captures and uploads videos automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. Go ahead and tell them. So for your one of your players, one of your student athletes, what does a week look like? What all is required of them?
1: Yeah, typically most colleges you'll probably have, depending on days, two to three classes a day. So let's just say 9 to 9.50, 10 to 10.50, 10 lunch, 1 to one fifty. We try to find the time in that gap between your last class and lunch to maybe get a 30 to 40-minute workout in uh, or maybe after your last class before we typically – most of the time we're practicing 4.30 to 6.30, 5.00 to 7.00 when we have the early days. You know, obviously at our level, you're you know, at any level, really, you're typically sometimes sharing it with the women's basketball program. So we may go 5.00 to 7.00, 7.00 to 9.00, you know, and then some of those days now when we get into season, you know, we're practicing about hour and a half to two hours. You know, we probably got a 15 to 25 minute film session during the year. We're probably lifting two to three days a week. Um, so we're either lifting before practice after practice and then you know incorporating the, the film study um so you know that that's hopefully that gives you know a better idea of, of what a day looks like they, they don't have much time to just waste and, and I think that's the biggest learning lesson for for a player coming in from high school is the time management skill part of it right you really have to be structured on how you DV out the time Um and, and, you know, in the order of it, right? academics, hoops, social, you know, I don't I don't take away that social is part of this experience, but it has to be in that order. If it goes social or the other any of the other two, I don't think you'll have as much success um, as you could potentially have.
0: You touched on a little bit of this. I would love for coaches to hear specific things just so they can get some ideas, like practical ways to incorporate the culture into day-to-day stuff. You mentioned about something as small as being on the court at the same time before a game starts, that kind of thing, but don't just limit it to games, expand it out to practices, maybe even something about being five minutes early to a team bus, like anything like that that you think would be both both helpful but also something small that has really – helped your program kind of keep that culture? You know,
1: it, you know, guys know, you know, and obviously this is an old school way of thinking. I, you know, I don't believe in that old new. I just believe you're, you know, You do things the right way or you do them the wrong way. Right. And, and, you know, when I say be on the bus by one, they all know that that means probably 10 to 15 minutes earlier being on the bus. You know, we, we, if it's a morning game, we have breakfast from here. They know they have to get their breakfast before going on the bus we don't wear sandals on the bus, you know, because you never know where you stop, who you meet. You, you want to be always ready um, and presentable anywhere you go. You know, there's no AirPods or hoodies put on in our film rooms. Like, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're giving probably we talk about posture all the time, not just from a defensive standpoint or being ready to shoot, but how you carry yourself, you know, sitting upright, being attentive you know, eyes on the speaker, things that we've been hearing since we've been in kindergarten, right? You not only listen with your ears, but you also listen with your eyes. I think that's important because that carries on to a timeout, you know, when, when there's you know, it's a two point game, you got 14 seconds left, you're trying to draw up a player, defend a play, you know, are your eyes on the coach and what he's drawing up and what he is talking about. So, you know, little things like that, you know, uh, being on time, you Know having our shirt, you know, our, our, our jersey tucked in that that's that becomes sometimes pretty difficult with today's player. But, but uh, you know, we all wear the same socks, we either wear white socks or we wear black socks, but you know, it's not orange and green, and you know, um, little things like that that just remind them about we're doing this as a team. And all those little things are not little things, they're big things because that's what makes um, it helps with the consistency within the program, and, and, and there's a reason why. You you have a lot of consistent winners at whatever level, and, and a lot of it has to do with those things that that carry on to the floor, to the field, or whatever sport you coach.
0: What kinds of things, non basketball related, do you do with guys to help build the team aspect?
1: Man, we do. I took this from Coach Shirts, who's been was extremely successful at Lincoln Memorial. Um, he had a great you know ten year run, and now he's the head coach at Indiana State. I've had great respect for coach and, and, you know, I met with him before my, my first year started and um, we do the three H's, you know, the hero, hardship um, and highlight. Um, we do that every year. Um, obviously, some guys will have to repeat it because there's new players coming in. But but it gives you an in-depth look at, at the young man. I think it gives them a, an opportunity to open up to their teammates, you know, because, you know, the highlight and the hero are, are, you know, are pretty easy topics to probably talk about. But the hardship sometimes is difficult. And and we've gotten to learn a lot about our guys, you know, me personally. Maybe we we didn't touch on that in the recruiting process. And now I get to have a better insight of of why he acts this way or why we need to encourage this a little bit more. And and I guess as teammates, they become a little bit closer together because they share these these real intimate moments that have occurred throughout their lives that made made them who they are. So we do that. That's been something that we do. You know, we 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 do things as as going on the board and talking about, you know, we have a player who sits down and, hey, there's a side of what does this guy do? Right. What is this? What can this guy do to improve? Right. But we're saying it to one another. Right. We're writing it down. We're seeing it and just being very authentic. I'm big on that. You know, what you see is what you get. And, And I think all great players want to know the truth. They don't want you to sugarcoat it. They, they don't want you to, to to beat around the bush about it. They want it, they want to hear it. And uh that's the way we
0: operate here. We like to do the four H's. If you want to lighten things up, don't tell them it's coming, but ask them who's your honey.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you got like the it. real you got the real serious and then kind of break it all by asking <laughs> Yeah, because right, it, so it gets deep it gets deep in right. there sometimes. That's but right. Yeah, yeah, I like that. that. Get a little like heavy, it. and then tell them you're going to give them a bonus one, and then ask them who their honey is and how I that's gotcha. going. All right. So, how to? We talked before. We were talking a little bit beforehand. Blurring this line between culture on one hand, and then now here's my basketball on the other. How has your cultured influenced your style of play? You talked about what you like to do, but how did you arrive at a at, at coming to what you guys do both on the offense and defensive side?
1: Well, you know, I I was a point guard as a player and naturally um being unselfish is part of being um a real point guard right i know there's point guards that are scoring point guards where well, those guys are not real point guards those guys those are scoring guards um but to me it, it you know doing all these just working on these examples or, or different activities that create that unselfish behavior i think um traditionally here not just with since i've been the head coach but when coach lambert was here you know, we're a team that has anywhere between three to five guys who average double figures to about eight to nine guys that average probably anywhere between six to 15, 16 points. Traditionally, that has that has helped us, you know, win at a consistent level because we're sharing the basketball. You know, one of our goals is to assist on 50% of the made field goals we have. It sounds a lot easier. You know, it's tough to do, but we we, we strive for that. You know, we, we strive – to take the quality shot. You know, we, we have a really good record since I've been the head coach here when we shoot 45, 35, 70, you know, 45 from the field, 35 from three and 70 from the free throw line. Um, I don't think I've lost a game when we've done that. And, and those are the things, you know, instead of talking about, we got to win this game and this is a big game. Well, we just know we got to meet these numbers. And, and if we do that, Winning takes care of itself, just like the rebounding margin, right? We're tough. You know, you asked me to start this, you know, if a team is sitting, you know, someone is sitting in a crowd, what can they tell about your team? Well, the toughness element to it, right? Toughness sometimes is just not, you know, somebody who's physically strong on the ball defending, you know, toughness is is being able to box out, go pursue that ball, you know, and go pursue it with two hands because that's a more sure rebound than grabbing it with one. And so there's the element of toughness where, When we're plus four to plus eight on the rebound margin, we're typically gonna win most of those games. And that's another one of our kind of number goal that we do have in regards to basketball part of it. You know, being active, being active in the community. You know, we read a lot in in these local elementaries and middle schools and, you know, we, we really participate and give of our time to our community. You know, giving of our time means you have to be active, which defensively we wanna have 10 to 12 steals and blocks per game that means we're being very active on the ball off the ball from the weak side um so you know you kind of try to do those things to lead up to the basketball portion of it um, and, and that's what honestly we definitely try to do on you know if you're talking about how does the culture lead to the basketball part of it
0: you mentioned the goals. So what if I were to ask the guys, what are some of those goals and what are those things that those guys know? Like these are the most important things.
1: I probably I don't want to say I do it all the time, but you know, I'd say a good 85, 90 percent of the time. I probably write the same four things offensively and the same four things defensively for a game. I, I do. I keep it very consistent that way. You know, we got to play with pace. They know, you know, if you ask them, what does coach say before the game? We got to play with pace. We got to go inside out, you know, whether it's with the post up or the bounce. You know, we got to hit a lot of stationary threes, right? We don't want to be moving and making it more difficult than it has to be. Um, And then we got to knock free throws down. You know, we got to shoot over 70% um, to give ourselves a good chance to win. Um, First thing on defense, they'll tell you, ball pressure. Ball pressure is important. We're going to pick you up three-quarter court. You know, we've gone to more of a gap defense here in the last – you know, and since my tenure, just because the college three point line has extended itself out, you know, uh, under coach, we were, you know, on the line, up the line for such a long time. But we've kind of changed that a little bit. We got to box out. You know, they'll tell you they, they make fun of me, you know, all five to the glass. We all box out. They all pursue it with two hands. You know, we got to cause turnovers into points and there's no such thing as 50 50 balls. It's our ball or or, or nothing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and those are the consistent factors in what we do. And that's, you know, it may change from game to game, or, you know, I feel motivated. i read something or saw a video and I may add something, but typically it's, it's the same message. And that's what I've learned as the years I've gone on in my tenure as a head coach is the the more consistent I can be with my message, the more consistent our play is on the floor.
0: Right now we're just starting the off season and one another one of those D three rules, we really aren't allowed to be with them on the court from about March till October. How do you all cultivate that personal and then also the team ownership that's needed for you to continue to get better at that time that you're not together as a group?
1: Yeah, we you know, again, the luxury of having a strength coach after they come back from spring break, we start our, our postseason workout routine, you know, basically trying to gain as much mass as possible before we leave for the summer. They have a plan that goes basically four to five weeks. They're about we're about to finish it here now Monday, this upcoming Monday, because now they have final exams next week. They play open gym once a week, sometimes two times a week by themselves. And then we have workouts for them to follow. And it's always led by an older guy with a young guy. You know, and sometimes the young guy is the, the leader of that group because maybe he plays a little bit more or we trust him a little bit more. But it, it never it doesn't have to do with where you're at class wise. It has to do with who you are as a person, what type of leader you are for us. So, um, but we pair them up differently sometimes. So everyone can get to know one another, but we do that. You know, I got a lot of candy in my office. Uh, you know, I love candy. I love chocolate, um, but um, got a lot of bubble gum in here. You know, that, that gives me a little bit of time when guys, before they go to class to come in and maybe get a candy or something before they go to class, but it also gives me 30 seconds, a minute. Sometimes that leads to Ten to fifteen minutes if they don't have a class, you know, that quickly to attend. So, you know, my my coach and I, you know, that's one thing we try to pride ourselves not to get a pat on the back or a raise or anything like that, but we try to get to the office before everybody. And, and it's because we want to be accessible to our guys, you know, regardless of what day it is. Right? Um, you never know what th- what's going on with them off you know, in their dorms, in their personal life. And maybe they've been waiting for you to get here early in the morning. So being here as early as we possibly can, coach and I have both have children. So once we drop them off at school, we're here. The accessibility of being here for your guys, I think it's really important for the culture of your program. You know, if you're only getting here as a coach at two, three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and you're just going to practice and then you're going home. You know, I don't know how strong it doesn't mean it, that, that doesn't work. It may work for some other programs. It just that's not the how we go about it here uh, mm-hmm. in our program.
0: A lot of high school coaches and players listen to this podcast. For you as a top D3 program, what are you looking for in potential players in regards both to the basketball and then also non-basketball? Again,
1: the consistent message, right? I told you, if we value being a great teammate, a competitor, and a guy who produces, when I'm going to watch you at, at your high school games, are you checking those boxes? When I go watch you play AAU, are you checking those boxes? Um, the mental makeup is really important. How do you respond? I always say, when I go watch a potential recruit, I hope he plays his worst game. I know that sounds totally off the wall. But I want to know how he handles a little bit of adversity. Right? Is he still going to be a good teammate when he's struggling from the field? They didn't win. How does he treat his coach, his teammates, his mom and dad uh, when he's having a bad night, when it's not his best night? Where, you know, how does he act when he picks up two fouls? And, you know, I'm not of that philosophy. I, you know, I may sit you down, but I'm going to put you right back in, right? A lot of guys, a lot of coaches, you pick up two, you're probably sitting the whole half down, right? How does he act when he's sitting down? Is he, you know, is he lounges back on his? on his chairs, he's not really engaged during timeouts? Is he not being a good teammate? Um, so the mental makeup, I think is really important. You know, we've gone away again. Don't get me wrong. You know, we're always trying to find the biggest, strongest, more athletic, but to me it's about winning attributes. You know, it's all about if we're playing eight to 10 guys, which we do, the ball probably is going to be shot 60 to 70% of the time by your top three guys. Well, what are you doing if you're not one of those three guys? Mm -hmm. So I think those attributes, you know, whether it's ball sureness, whether it's being a lockdown defender, whether it's a guy who really is good at the ball screen defense, right? Like I'm going to find the attributes that help us collectively be a great team. So, you know, feel for the game. Historically here, we've always been pretty big at the four and five position. Crazy thing about this year, my starting four-man uh, starting in January was a freshman who ended up leading the league in, in, in rebounds. He's six two. Mm-hmm. Now he weighs 225 pounds. You know, he, he has a great body and he, and he's, he has a great timing and obviously great strength, but um, it's about finding the guys that know how to play the game. And just, we're very, a very family oriented program. We are, uh, we share this in the recruiting process. I have a 13 year old daughter, coach Jeff coach McCord has a five-year-old little boy, Man, it's important for us to bring good guys into the program. And that's important for me. My daughter one day will hopefully marry someone and, and, and have children and make me, you know, have, have me make me a, a grandpa. And those are things that I look forward to. But I hope the gentleman that she picks in her life, she she picks in him the attributes that she has seen in the young men within my program. That's really important to me. And, and I'm not I don't bat a thousand. We've had some bad apples. We try to deal with it, make it better. And sometimes you just have to part ways. Um, but the same thing for Coach and his son. Um, he's starting to play sports. We want him to be around the program and see, you know, the hard work um, that the guys put in. It's funny. Coach says a story all the time. His son Landon is shooting in his, in his room in his little hoop. And, you know, he's not turning around and saying fade away, you know, like Curry or Durant. You know, he's saying our All-American Miles Raznick. Is it important to have guys even, even at our level? Little kids are watching that. And for us, again, the family piece of it, um, we're going to look at all those little things. um, So our culture, our standard of play continues to be
0: consistent. I want to give you an opportunity. You got anything coming up for coaches or prospects they could check out here? Maryville will be doing in the next few months
1: yeah you know we have a little kids camp we always do here in our community that, that's more community based you know we have 150 160 little kids that come to camp which is awesome um, I, I really enjoy that part of it we run it like an old traditional camp you know you can drop your kids off at 7 30 we start camping nine. we go all the way to five we got stations you know we do it all we got three on three tournaments but i i enjoy that part of it you know coach initiated that in his tenure here and i've followed with that and, and i think it's a great model we have a, an elite camp like most programs do um, we're doing it closer to to the season. And we're doing it, I think, on a Saturday, October 7th, 8th, I believe. And, and it's just good to try and, and and see if, you know, are you able to play at this level? You know, and I think there's a big misconception out there of, of you know, it, it's pretty hard to play at, at our level. And, and you just need to see. It. And uh, that's important to us, you know, spend some time with us here. Um, see, you know, the type of players that we're trying to recruit, see what the program is about, see how we go about things. And, you know, it, it's not – the number behind the D has nothing to do with how we go about things. This is a 12-month commitment just like it would be for Texas A&M or, uh, you know, uh, UConn, you, you know, in big Power 5 basketball. So th- that's kind of what we try to do with
0: our camps. A lot of great stuff. Inside look at D3 sports and I think just being a college athlete as well. That's Coach Orwell Placeres, head coach for the Mayorville Scots. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you, Coach.